It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you, but I did. I had to take the offseason off and even a little bit of the start of the season. So I'm excited about being back for In The Zone. Of course, I'm your host, Chris Broussard. We're ready for the 2017-2018 season, and we are kicking it off in style. We have got Jerry West as our first guest on In The Zone. Of course, he is the NBA logo itself. And then after Jerry West, we're going to have a great kind of debate discussion between myself and one of my favorite FS1 personalities, Jason McIntyre. You don't want to miss that. He brings some crazy takes and I just shoot them down. But before we get to those two segments, I was watching a game last night, Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Lakers, and Kyrie Irving is on the floor just doing magic working magic against the Lakers, dribbling between the whole team at different points in the game. And it got me to thinking, man, who do I think are the best ball handlers in NBA history? So I put together a top five list and here it goes. So at number five, this man right here is a straight up legend, a straight up icon. I think his game was just a tad bit overrated but his ball handling, his wizardry with the basketball, his passing ability is second to none or virtually second to none because he's number five on the list. But he popularized the wraparound dribble. He popularized the fake behind the back pass. This man is to ball handling what Dr. J is to dunking. And that would be number five, Pistol Pete Maravich. At number four, I think it's safe to say and fair to say that you wouldn't have had Kenny Anderson, Tim Hardaway, Allen Iverson, any of the great ball handlers of these past few decades without this man right here. He was the godfather of modern day ball handling. He was the one that really popularized or the first with the great change of direction moves. He was the one with the great crossover. He did what a lot of people kind of call this machine gun dribble, where he would go behind his back or between his legs several times before pulling up for a jumper or going straight by his opponent. That is at number four, none other than the bad boy Pistons leader himself, Isaiah Thomas. At number three, I think this guy gets overlooked a lot because he shoots so well. I think he's the greatest shooter in NBA history. But one of the things that enables him to create that space, because you can't get up in his chest, is his amazing ball handling. If you get in his chest, he will embarrass you. All you have to do is ask one of the greatest point guards and greatest point guard defenders of all time. I mean, I ain't saying no names, but I think y'all know who I'm talking about. He put him on his butt. All right, maybe he's embarrassed him more than once. So at number three, I'm going with Steph Curry. At number two, this guy was not the level of player that the other people on this list are, okay? But he had a short run out west that was absolutely tremendous. He did things on the court that we have never seen before and may never ever see again like a behind-the-back pass off his elbow. All right, the dude had ridiculous handles, and one of the greatest things was that his handles or a showcase he would put on with the ball often ended with an even more dazzling no-look pass. So at number two, 
I've got the man they call White Chocolate, Jason Williams. And the greatest ball handler in NBA history is a guy who, you know, brings it all together. We have seen, you know, Allen Iverson with the famous crossover, and we've seen players who specialize in the behind-the-back dribble or between their legs. This guy brings it all together. All of that, plus he's got the very low dribble where it's impossible to take it from him. He's got, he can split defenders at will. He's got the spin dribble. Um, he's got everything in his arsenal that he's virtually, not virtually, he is unguardable. You just have to hope he misses. And just like White Chocolate will finish with a great pass, this guy finishes off a lot of his amazing ball handling displays with layups at the rim over much bigger defenders. I'm telling you, the best ball handler in NBA history is playing right now, and his name is Kyrie Irving. Okay, we have the legend Jerry West on the telephone with us. And Jerry, I want to start off with this. I just gave my top five ball handlers in NBA history, and I said Kyrie Irving is number one. Uh, I don't know if you agree or not, but what do you think about that? Well, you know, I think he has uh, a lot of time you have people style over substance and substance over style. Well, he's got substance and style, and I think that makes him very, very attractive. Uh, he's so clever, uh, has such confidence when he, and particularly when he's driving to the basket, he might be the best finisher in the game that, that's not a dunker. Um, he just, he just has unique skills and, and he's, he's the one when you watch him, uh, you say to yourself, my goodness, you know, he's got something different with all his change of paces, his explosiveness, uh, getting, getting to the rim, uh, finishing with his both hands. Uh, uh, Steph Curry is a tremendous ball handler too. He has a, you know, he has a different kind of a. You know he's kind of more herky jerky, and he probably wants to shoot shoot a jump shot, uh, and particularly going to his left. And yet he is a he's a shot maker going to the basket too. And people lose sight of that. But there's been, uh, Irvin Johnson. Uh, uh, you know, for his size, his uh, incredible uh, ability to handle the ball, but he was a safe player. Uh, he wasn't. The flashy one, okay. He just had, again, he had substance and style, and so you get unique players. And obviously, we're not talking about some really good ball handlers, but people who uh, have played the game at a higher level. Also, I know the rules are different, so it might be hard. To, well, to do yeah, this. they certainly are. Yeah, can but can you imagine the Showtime Lakers or even the Shaq Kobe Lakers? playing against these Warriors, how would you see a game like that going? Well, I would tell you that Shaquille O'Neal would overwhelm uh, players in this league today. Um, uh, Kobe Bryant would still would be as great as he was then. There would be no question. Um, he, 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 he played in the, in here lately. Well, not lately, but uh, later in his career, I should say. He played in the kind of a modern era. But if yeah. you're well aware, if you look at the history of the league, the Boston Celtics used to sh shoot 
100 shots a game. Yeah. The old Celtics. And so they were kind of a, a, a almost replicated the way the game was played today. The pace again, was they were faster when you played. Yeah, back when you played. Yeah, and and when I don't know if the pace was faster, but we shot a lot more shots. Okay, there didn't. But again, the coaching has gotten to the point where it's gotten so good, everyone gets scouted. But if you're a good defensive team. You're going to have more offensive opportunities and should have more good ones. Turnovers, steals, forced shots. Uh, those things lead to run-out baskets and easy layups. Today, they're, uh, you know, and particularly because I was involved with the Warriors for a few years, I got a chance to watch some truly unique players shoot the ball. Uh, as good or better than anyone I've ever seen. We're going to see more shooters today because of the way the game has played and then you know you watch a ben simmons in philadelphia here's a guy that looked like he doesn't shoot the ball yeah and doesn't want to shoot the ball but he's so good and he's so talented that he can get the ball to the basket uh because he's deceptive and he's big uh, he's going uh kids are going to want to play like him going forward and he's been by far the best uh, rookie this year, uh, even he though he reminds it, it, me of Magic Johnson. Is that? I mean, well, you obviously worked with Magic. Do you see that? Well, I do. But Irvin, Irvin had a more of a shot selection. But this was something that he developed by working on it diligently on his game. But this kid, to me, he's a better athlete than Irvin. Uh, he's not. He's certainly not a better player at this point in time. But he was a. Be, he's a better athlete and he's bigger. And mm-hmm. Irvin was big, but Irvin had the same kind of mind. I would say he had one of the great minds. He was one of the great leaders that this league has ever seen. Uh, you won't see many players like him in your lifetime. And I had the pleasure to watch him for so many years uh, make plays that other people simply can't make. And this kid can do it. And, uh, my goodness, he's going to be a, an enormous player before his career is over. And can you imagine if he could, if he would have a 15-foot shot oh, yeah. consistently he can make? Oh, my goodness. It would be, uh, to me, it would be uh, impossible to play something like that. Who, who are you going to put on him? No, I, okay? I, I agree. Now, now, Magic told me once, he once told me a story where he said it was a practice his rookie season. I think it was maybe even in training camp. And he said a player, I believe it was Ron Boone, like hammered him under the basket where we're scrimmaging. And then the on the next possession on the other end, Magic kind of hauled off and just punched Ron Boone. And he said you were he said you were watching in the stands and you called Magic over and like you were angry, but you really told him, you know, you loved it and you were proud of him. And he said that was kind of when you knew he was going to be a player or he had heart. Like, do you recall that story? And- yes, I do. I do. Um, you know, the one thing I used to, when, when he was younger, you know, he was jumping around all over the place. And I said, my God, Irvin. I said, we play 82 games. <laughs> and I said, I know you have boundless energy and enthusiasm. But I said, as you get older, I said, the one thing you're going to find is that that shouldn't be there uh, from a uh, from a perspective that 
would, um, uh, I said, you're going to wear yourself out physically by expending all this energy. But to watch him grow as a player and watch some of the things that he did, uh, the people who had a chance to watch him up close and personal and get to know him and watch how hard he worked on his game, uh, this was just one of those magnificent players that if you're around him, he was a great guy. He was a great teammate. Uh, it's just one of those players that you always, uh, I'll always take the memories I had from uh, from watching him play uh, and watching how he approached the game. He was the ultimate competitor. Yeah, yeah. Now, you obviously were a superstar. I mean, Larry Bird, Rick Barry, John St- I mean, some of the greatest players to ever play the game. I feel like we really haven't had a white American superstar since John Stockton, but you've got great white players. I mean, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, Pau Gasol, Manu Ginobili. Now you got Christos Porzingis, but they're all from outside of America. Why do you think we're no longer developing great white American players? And kind of what would you say to, like, you know, a young white American kid who wants to be a great basketball player? Well, you better have an incredible work ethic, okay, number one. Uh, I admire uh, players who have a work ethic. Uh, You can't get better or you can't compete at this level because there's, what, 420 players playing in the NBA. It's the most competitive league there is. There's only 60 players drafted from America every year. Yeah. There's players from other countries that are hungrier. Uh, they work at it. They work at it. Uh, many of them are bigger. Uh, players from uh, you know these Ukraine areas. <clears throat> they're all big, <clears throat> and they work very, very hard on their on their skill. And when I watch today, I don't necessarily uh, think it's the 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 fact that there's not some wonderful white players out there. But I was remarking last uh, last night that when we first came to Los Angeles, <clears throat> we were on the last page of two newspapers. The Rams were selling out the Coliseum, 100,000. The Dodgers were drawing 80 or 90,000 in the Coliseum for baseball. And we were a nobody, the first mm-hmm. team in the town. <clears throat> and to watch the transformation of basketball here in Los Angeles, and we had some white players then, but we had the advent of players who had played, had to go to school for four years, had a different kind of, of player in terms of socially, and and I think players were really close and liked each other a lot then. You had nothing, you made no money, you, and you traveled together, you, didn't, you, you spent all your time together, uh, you didn't have opulent flying, you didn't have all the amenities that people have today. And so the game has changed, but I mentioned to this class last night, who would have ever thought that we have not one basketball player who happens to be white, regardless of what country they're in, would not be the one who would be the voice of the league. I have, to me, I think the remarkable change I have seen in this game, and also some things that help enormously socially is to see that the most revered athletes in our league are black. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are all of the leading 
people you see on uh, TV uh, with advertising, uh, they make fortunes off the court. Mm-hmm. I am so thrilled to see that happen for, for, for me personally, okay? Yeah. And it tells you <clears throat> that the most popular players in our league are all black. And to me, that's a great social commentary. Uh, they're revered, they're admired, not only here, but all over the world. And some of them are just the greatest representative for their respective races. And regardless of where they come from, uh, it's it just, it's amazing cultural change for me to see. And I'm thrilled that this happened. I've had a chance to see it happen in my lifetime. Now, speaking of superstars, I mean, you're, you're obviously working with the Clippers as a consultant. Um, and you guys had one in Chris Paul, who obviously went to Houston. Um, were you guys were you guys going to offer Chris the full five year max uh, contract, or did he, you know, did that have anything to do with him leaving? You think? Uh, first of all, you know, I just got here when all this was going <laughs> on. I just arrived on the scene, so you know, I'm not nearly as up to date on that as I should be. I know that they wanted to retain him, but Chris does not want to be here. And I think that when you have a player that doesn't want to be there and you have no control over the situation, he was, he was unrestricted. And he was one of my favorite players, I have to admit. he uh, I loved the way he approached the game. I loved uh, how he competed. Uh, but he didn't want to be here. And to me, uh, I think if someone one, uh, no, uh, doesn't want to be here, uh, at one time, you didn't have the right to exercise that option, okay? Mm-hmm. But he will be, uh, whether or not Houston will pay him that much money, I'm not sure. Uh, so it's up to them. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what their talks have been with him, but he helped the Clippers out, and the Clippers helped him out because he can go there and make more money. How much, because we know you played a large part in the recruiting Durant to Golden State. You know, as he was going through last year and receiving all that criticism, did you talk to him a lot or, you know, kind of help him work through that? I just told him, forget about it. I said, just come here and play, forget about it, and basically tell those people to go to hell, yeah. okay? Yeah. But he's, he's, he's a great guy, by the way. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's so easy to be around. Um, one of the things I have always said, when a person gets a reputation as being a scorer and no one else talks about his total game, this guy's got a total game. Yep. He's leading the league in block shots, I believe. And uh, he's, he's a, one of the most efficient players. He's shooting 13 or 14 shots a game, and he's averaging 20-some points a game. Mm-hmm. He seems to be really happy. He doesn't have to kill himself every night. Uh, and he's playing with a, a unique group of players. And it, it's always for a, a player, you know, coming to a really good team. If they're not willing to uh, buy into the process of, of playing with this team who plays differently, then they're not going to have the success they want, nor the team going to have it, uh, is going to have it. And he has bought into that theory. Uh, he, he never even tried to be the dominant scorer he was and what he scored, averaged 25 or almost 26 points a game. And at the end of the season, he had plenty left in the tank. He didn't kill himself. And when I, when I watched Russell Westbrook play last year, 
this is a, this guy is maybe the most remarkable athlete I've ever seen. <laughs> but the thing that I so enjoy about him, he is so intense, and he plays this game the way it's intended to be played. Now, a lot of people play hard, but they don't have the ability he has. He might be the remote, most remarkable athlete that I have ever seen in basketball. I've never seen someone so supercharged like him. He just otherworldly when it comes to athleticism. And on top of it, uh, his, uh, his ability to compete uh, is second to none I've seen. Now, everybody knows that you're the logo. That's your nickname, the logo, or one of them. And I saw you several months ago say that you, the NBA should be embarrassed that you're the logo. Why did you say that? Why, I, did, why did I, you... did, I, did, I did not say that. Okay. I did not say that, Chris. Oh, you... What I said okay. was, the question that was asked me was, would, if they wanted to change it, would it bother me? And I said, no, it would not. That, I didn't, I've never done anything as a, as a person to call attention to myself uh, or be the logo, okay? I've never done that, and I never would. Um, I've always been somebody who felt most comfortable uh, just competing and, and kind of living, um, I guess, in the background. Um, that's just who I am. Yeah. And I don't like notoriety. Uh, unfortunately, I've had it as a player, as an executive. It's flattering when people think you do something a little bit different. But uh, at the end of the day, that's not who I am at all. Um, LeBron James, we know he's in his 15th year. At some point, he's going to you know, start to decline as a player. Who do you see kind of becoming the face of the league once LeBron's not that anymore? Well, I think Giannis is going to be right there for sure. Mm-hmm. I think of Ben Simmons, uh, those two players, uh, to me right now, because they have the ball in their hands a, a lot, okay? They have it in their hands a lot. And they seem to be the ones who are the two that uh, watching Philadelphia play, uh, he he's he's going to make them a really, really good team. And he's played only one year, okay? That's all he's played in the NBA. Yeah. Can you imagine when he gets more experience? The game is an easy game for him to play mentally. It's very easy. And his size and, uh, you know, there's some players that are, that have great skill that are look like they're when you watch them they're not pretty to watch. Yeah. Those two guys are pretty to watch, okay? Yeah. And that's what captures the imagination. A Kyrie Irving, he's pretty to watch. He's fun to watch. A Steph Curry's fun to watch. Kevin Durant's fun to watch. Uh, a Clay Thompson, uh, if you're around him enough, uh, he's really fun to watch because you know he, he might make ten threes in a row and never dribble the ball. And yet he's improved his game so much. And I'm not making reference to the Warriors because I was there. I'm making reference to the Warriors because they have unique players. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Christoph Porzingis, uh, you know, you watch him play and his size, uh, you know, he shoots the ball. He's a competitor. He blocks shots. He rebounds. In some respects, he's fun to watch. But He's not as pretty to watch as these yeah. other guys. These other guys are pretty to watch. And I think they're the ones who cap- captures, uh, the capture of the imagination of the league. I got last question for you, a flashback. Um, I want you to have some fun with it. 
Uh, but it's Game 7, 1969 NBA Finals. You guys, Lakers against the Celtics. And you, the Lakers, can add one player. And you can choose between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Which one player are you adding? <laughs> well, I think the way the game was played, uh, the way the game was played uh, then, it would have probably been Michael Jordan. Um, and yet, LeBron James, he probably could have played center. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so both of them would have been good, but I think um, the way that Michael played in in, uh, uh, in New York would be much certainly much more conducive because there was much more ball movement, um, not as much dribbling, yep. uh, more pick and rolls. Uh, listen, I would have gladly taken either one of them. <laughs> I, I, listen, just give me one of them. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry, it's always great to talk with you, and uh, I definitely appreciate all this time that you gave gave me for this interview. Okay, Chris, great to talk to you. My best. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Jerry West, the logo. It was certainly an honor and privilege to have him here with us in the zone. And now I have my man, one of my favorite people at FS1, and I mean that sincerely, Jason McIntyre. Good to What's be up, here. Brother? We got to work on this handshake. You know, we got yeah, to get it. And the, you a little overdressed for the zone. I'm trying to look I mean, dapper. You never watched you know my, what? my podcast last year? They told me to wear all black to this because it's your funeral oh, on your first podcast oh, of the season. Okay. We'll you, see about you, it. You look like you dress for like your seventh grade school oh, photo. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's all right. Okay. Mommy right. dressed Taking the you. shots you early. Nice. All right. <laughs> but you, this segment, you, you have five strong NBA takes. I mean, takes. I'm 10 deep, strong. but I'll, I'll give you my five best. Okay, five NBA right. takes. You're going to state your case. I'm going to react to it. Some people suggested we should call it Shoot the J. We'll see. Maybe You're he... the J. I'm going to shoot down your opinions, <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe, maybe you're making some sense. So okay. let's go. You know, I wanted to start, Chris. We're three weeks into the season. And what I've seen so far is a struggling Oklahoma City team looking to find an identity. They got, what, six months to figure that out? Yeah. Uh, I've seen a LeBron team that's last in the league defensively. I know it's early. They don't care about the regular season. And I'm seeing a spirited effort from the L.A. Lakers, a young team. They are fifth in the league in defensive efficiency. They were 30th the last two years. Chris, the stars seem to be aligning for LeBron, LeBron James and Paul George to join the Lakers next season in Los Angeles. That's your take. That is my first take. So, so you think that the Lakers' 5-6 and six record really has LeBron salivating? I don't think he's salivating, but if you look at Lonzo's the first two times. 8.6 assists oh, on 29% shots shooting has LeBron salivating. Okay. Can't wait to play with him. Is, is that what you're telling me? Okay. So do you remember when LeBron left Cleveland for Miami? That Miami yeah, Tyree, team was or, yeah, not Miami. very good. No, they but had he Dwayne left, Wade. but he went with Chris Bosh. Okay. Well, he didn't go by himself. Did I not say he's bringing Paul George? Who's the uh, Dwayne okay. Wade on the Lakers right well, now? Well, that's to be determined, but uh, they've uh, got some time. Kyle Kuzma looks good. Brandon Ingram is still to be determined. And uh, Lonzo Ball, hey, it's early. Look. They've got a nice nucleus. But also, let I'm, me add, Chris, when LeBron went from Miami back to Cleveland, that was a terrible team with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Irving and nobody was spectacular, else. Though. You okay. could see it. He had yes. already been an awesome. Look, I'm not going to say 100% that LeBron James is not going to the Lakers because I don't know. Nobody knows. But in talking to his people around him close to the situation, Maverick Carter said it on the Rich Eisen show recently. Mm -hmm. The most important thing for LeBron James is what? 
winning. And are you going to the Lakers next year, even with Paul George, who hasn't looked spectacular in Oklahoma City? Billy Donovan ain't much of a coach, but that's uh, okay. another story. But are you beating Golden State next year with that Lakers cast? Here's the thing. If you're LeBron James and you go to the Lakers, you know what? You better deliver a championship because yes. that's going to be the expectation. Right. It's not get us back to the second round and make us relevant. It is win us a championship. Every player the Lakers have ever had on LeBron's level, Kobe, Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Wilt, Jerry West, even Elgin Baylor, though he was hurt the year they won it, they all were a part of a championship team in L.A. LeBron, if he goes there and doesn't win the championship, which I got to be honest, I don't think he would. Okay. Then right. now you may be hurting your legacy oh, a little stop. bit. Oh, stop. He cannot hurt he's not going to hey. take it. He's not going to, like, really damage it. But it still yeah. will look like, you know what, he couldn't get it Can done. Can I add another layer, Lakers. Chris? If we just saw a phenomenal MLB postseason, uh, Major League Baseball, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees, all big markets. Yeah. The NBA's big markets have stunk for years. Chicago, New York, L.A., Clippers can't okay. get out of the second round. The What's league, the NBA would love it for LeBron and Paul George to go to the big market Lakers, ratings through the roof, interest boom, Chris, this would be great for the league. So the league, you cannot so the league has waited 15. They're going to wait till LeBron's 16th year to steer no, him I'm, somewhere. I'm, I'm, come on. He's the been stars in Cleveland virtually Chris. his entire career. Right. He had a chance to go to New York in 2010. Yeah. The league didn't usher him into he Madison Square Garden. Whatsoever. He could have went to the Lakers before. They didn't usher him. They, they, the league is not doing stuff like no, that. No, no, I don't think they're doing anything. I'm just, the league oh, would they, love it. Yeah, but that the doesn't mean it's going to happen. It. Okay. And you, here's the last thing. Look, LeBron is on a different level. But I will say this, older players, he'll be in his 16th year. He's not going to be the best player in the world. You don't need for to be. Not with Paul years. George, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, who is maybe rookie of the year. Anyways, we got to no, move on. No, no, maybe. Ben Simmons is rookie ben of the year. Ben Simmons, you're right, obviously. I'm move joking on to your about second Kuzma. Point. All right, so I sold you on number no, one. No, you didn't sell My me. next take, you're going to love this. Jay. I love shot this. the J. I shot the J. You still alive? <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of don't like the stars aligning for the Lakers to get LeBron you're and Paul George. ahead of yourself. You're not into that. Well, this one's way even above that. I, Chris, have loved what I've seen in the Lakers, as I said, fifth in the league in defense. I believe this is a playoff team in the West this season. That's fresh meat Do to you, Do you know who's apart. in the West? Uh, I'm vaguely <laughs> I don't think you know the, the way the conferences are split up. You're into alignment, all this alignment. Why don't you look at the alignment of the Western Cup? There is no way. No, so you're saying you're on record. No I'm, shot. Into the camera, no. please. Way are the Lakers making the playoffs? Period. The end. No you, way. You don't like any. If they you see. win thirty, no, I like them, but that, it's not time. Their management knows they're not making the playoffs. They, they not even. What, they, you think the manager's bailing? No, they're not bailing. They don't, they that's got, not. You the don't want to put the expectation. The goal I'm this year. The, the goal this year is first of all get Lonzo acclimated. See what type of player he is. See if you think Brandon, Brandon Ingram and now Kyle Kuzma have star potential. See what you want to do with Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson. Are they part of your yeah. young core going forward? And change the culture so that you have a winning culture that yes. attracts free agents. LeBron and Paul point, that's, they, that's the goal. Yeah. They know. I've talked to people there. Yeah, of course, they'd love to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. If they do, great. But they know we're not a playoff team right now. There are, there's seven hold on. There's seven definitive playoff teams Do, in the uh, West. Is Portland one? Golden State. Okay, obviously. Oklahoma City. 
Uh, Houston, do, should I push San Antonio, Portland, Have you seen Minnesota, and Memphis. Memphis Those is for yes. sure. Those are seven definitive teams. And then New Orleans, Utah, Denver, and the Clippers <laughs> are all better than the Lakers. Chris, you getting too hung up you on cracking, record. You just said what New were the, Orleans? They're better than the Lakers. All those teams are better than the Lakers. So, it, so you're saying what, what were the Lakers seen, at this point last year? I don't know. Five and five. Well, that's wonderful. And, and then how the what, season? We break down their schedule. No, my point is this just is that you're, much you're, better you're putting way too much into these first three no, weeks. No, no, no. You, you don't even have Oklahoma City definitely making the playoffs. Are you serious? Listen, I, from what I've seen and the cloud that's going to be hovering over Paul George and Billy Donovan as a questionable head coach. I, I mean, the listen, playoffs. I'm not saying they're gonna win the West. They have the playoffs. Too much talent to miss the playoffs. You can't miss it with three All Stars. Thank however, you. However, however, the Lakers' young talent is far ahead of expectations at this point. Julius Randle far ahead of expectations. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. You Brandon just Ingram said, is far ahead of expectations. No, I said the Lakers' talent comprehensive. The stew. The Lakers' stew. <laughs> okay. So, Julius Randle came in. They said, you know what? We're going to start you off the bench. You haven't earned it. And he's been lights out off the bench. He's been one of their best players. Defensively, he stepped up. He's a nice player. Jordan Clarkson looks like the sixth man of the year. Again, it's early. And I'm telling you, Kuzma was a gem in the draft. You could, I agree. He ain't giving up that starting spot but when Nance comes But the playoffs in the West? Brooke, the Lakers are working in three new starters. Can you give them some time? KCP, Brooke Lopez, now Kuzma. They had Larry Nance before. And Lonzo, this is a young team. We haven't seen the best or even close to the best of this team. It's three weeks in. I'm telling you, this Lakers team is going to be a problem in the way. You're not feeling <laughs> this at all, huh? Can we get a doctor in here? I oh, mean, I'm geez. serious. I'm serious. Like, Check the you're a little hot, man. <laughs> like, Seriously? You're not feeling this at all? No. not the play- And I like the Lakers. I'm with you on the young talent. Nice young talent. I'm not off the Lonzo bandwagon. I'm with you, but playoffs? Don't we, make me go. Hey, can we run the Allen Ivers? We talk about <laughs> playoffs, man. Come on. All right. Stop as soon it. as Lonzo finds that no shot, no way. By by January, <laughs> I'm shooting the All right. Jay. So the MVP through three weeks of the season, Kyrie Irving of the Boston Celtics. His numbers are down from last year, but Chris, when you look at him playing with a 19-year-old Jason Tatum, 21-year-old Jalen Brown. Guys like Aaron Baines, uh, Daniel, I won't even pronounce his last name, Thies, whatever. <laughs> He's making these guys look excellent. They lost four starters in Boston, and the Celtics have the best record in the league. I believe so they are Kyrie's going to win the 10 MVP? and 2. I have Kyrie That's as a favorite, pick. and I believe Kyrie Irving will win the MVP award this year. Look, in the preseason, Kyrie was my dark horse MVP. I said if the Celtics win 60-ish games, and certainly they're on pace to do that now, They'll slow down a little bit, but that, that's not unreasonable oh, that they okay. could win 60-ish. Well, that they could win 60-ish. He certainly will be in the hunt. Here's the challenge and the problem for Kyrie, at least as it stands right now. His numbers are not earth-shattering. Okay, 22 points a game, five assists a game. Numbers are over. Hold on, 22.3 PER. He's 31st in the league in per. Guys like Kimba Walker, Kevin oh, Love. Stop it. Are, I'm just saying. I'm just giving you. Look, like I said, he was my dark horse. Right. This is not out of left field, what you're saying. I'm saying this is an obstacle for Kyrie. 
Those numbers are not that great. He's shooting 44% from the floor. I know you're going to say, well, Westbrook shot 43 last year. He averaged a triple-double, too. Right. And, and, and so, we're to get him and, in the and postseason. 30 points, Thank you very and 30 much. Points. Right. But here, so it's been – I can't think of an MVP – that won it with those types of numbers. Steve Nash didn't score a lot. So who you got? Who you you push it back Right now, the MVP for me would be James Harden. The the Rockets are 8-3. and His numbers are spectacular. Spectacular. 29 points, almost 10 assists a game. But they're They're not better than they were last year. They're about on par. That doesn't matter. They're still a great team. He was my MVP last last year for the record. He's been – Chris Paul's coming back. And what's that going to do to nothing, James Harden? Nothing, Because when Chris Paul was there, James Harden didn't change the way he played. Chris is the one adjusting, okay. not James. That was for like two games, right? They would be crazy to take the ball out of James Harden's hand. What do you think Chris Occas- Paul's there to do? Is he going to play Occasionally he's going to handle the ball, but he's going to play off the ball most of the time. When Harden's out, Chris will handle it. And sometimes when Harden's there, Chris will handle it. But he's, they're not – James okay. Harden is going to run that Let me offense. add a quick another layer to this. The Cavs have greatly – missed Kyrie Irving to yeah. this point in the season. His spacing on the floor offensively, Kevin Love's numbers are down from three. J.R. Smith's numbers are down. Kyrie would draw, suck. They would maybe would make the extra pass. Yeah. The Cavs miss him greatly, and I think that adds to his MVP candidacy, how much Cleveland misses him and how much he's well, meant to Boston. But, but part of the reason they miss him is because the player who replaced him in the trade isn't there. So that's it. You that's can't. Fair. It's hard, it's hard to say. Oh, they missed him. Oh, wait, they got Jake well, yeah, Isaiah Thomas yeah. isn't there. You know. So it, when Isaiah comes back, then you'll have a better barometer. Look, I'm not hating on the Kyrie okay. statement. Like I said, he was my dark horse, but I think your numbers have to be better unless they win well over 60 games. When Steph won it his first time, 67 wins, he averaged 23.8 points, I right. believe. A lot more assists, almost eight assists. Field goal shooting, three-point shooting was a lot better than Kyrie's is. 32% for Kyrie. Those numbers, I don't think they get you the MVP. Wow. You know what so it might do. So you're heavy on the what numbers might, over. Well, no, it's a part of it. it it's I a mean, gum. if it's a stat thing, just give it to Giannis no. right now. Go ahead. Look, just hand MVP, him the I've been voting for years for MVP. It's a gumbo. It's a stew. Okay? Oh, <laughs> it's okay. not one like thing. That. It's not winning. It's not stats. It's not who you're playing with. It's not what conference you're – it's all of it mixed together. Mm-hmm. And so Kyrie, the stats aren't where they need to be for him to be the MV, in my opinion. But if they win well over 60, then that can change things. But okay. right now I go with Harden. In the West, my team, I talked about them all offseason. I love the Jimmy Butler acquisition. Okay. I absolutely love the Todd Gibson acquisition. Jamal Crawford is excellent. Jeff Teague is not a bad point Jeff guard. Teague has looked good. Thibodeau is, my, is this real shaky, but I don't shaky? know. Shaky? Thibodeau is a great coach. He's a great coach. They're the last and in the league And he's showing it right now. Or second to last of the year, Cavs. The defense is baffling. I agree. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves top four in the East. Do you love West, that? West. In the West, I'm sorry. Do you love that or do you absolutely hate that? I don't I, I, I don't hate it. Okay. I, this is – you're absolutely – See, being in the zone for these last 10 minutes or whatever has helped you. Oh, yeah. The vibes I've are coming to so your much. brain like you've gotten smarter. Dr. Just Chris Boussard, everyone. Now, look, I'm not going to definitively say they're going to be fourth. I had them fifth in the preseason. I had Oklahoma City in the top four. Obviously, they're off to a slow start. Even when they gel, maybe they can't get back up to the top four. So that would open the door for Minnesota to be in the top four. Uh, here's what I'll say. Minnesota should be top four. 
talent-wise. They have as much talent as any, or I'd say more talent than anybody in the West outside of Golden State and Oklahoma City. You love that OKC team. Well, in talent, I mean, you, you got a Hall of Famer in Car- Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, a perennial all-star, Hall and of course, Hall Russell, of Famer in Carmelo Anthony. He's not? He is, but what does that okay, mean? Okay. What does it that mean? He's a Hall of Famer. He's not That's a great player. He's never made anyone better ever in his career. He did it his first year in Denver. Oh, my God. They went Chauncey from, Billups goes to Denver. Me, then they go to the finals of the West. I don't think you were watching basketball yes, back in 2003. Carmelo Anthony goes to a 17-win Denver team as a rookie and leads them to the playoffs in the West. Yes. LeBron James goes to a 17-win team in Cleveland and does not lead them to the playoffs uh, in the, the East. East and West was a little different. West would no West was still very West tough was a little better. Then. But again, look, Melo is Carl- not LeBron or Jordan or anybody like that, especially in terms of winning. But to say he's not a great player. He's, uh, listen, is, he is a is, great is individual talent. You, it is undeniable that he has ever made anyone better on his team. I just I, I've never I seen think it, and taking I've been a, a 17-win team to 43 wins make, is a as a rookie a team after better. winning a title at Syracuse. Okay, All yeah. Right. I, I, again, he's that hadn't been his strong suit. I'm with you, but maybe I'm just a little bitter because as a Knicks fan, I watch this guy come <laughs> in, demand the biggest contract. They had, I believe, one playoff run in his entire yeah. like. Well, they made the and that was a few because years, of Jason I, I mean, Kidd and Tyson Chandler and J.R. Smith. Had well, like an he amazing was he year. was the man. He was on that good team. that year. He, he was the man. He was he was but, in the uh, MVP when he, when he race. Ran that Jeremy year. Lin out of town. I don't want to go off on a tangent. But, Jeremy Lin. That's who you're yeah, you're putting I, at. I, yeah. I, listen, I, I'm in. a Jeremy. Lin. Lin. He's injured. You can't bang an injured guy. <laughs> I like Jeremy. Anyway, Look. to get back to the Timberwolves briefly. Um, what's their ceiling in the West? If we obviously have the Warriors, one, they're not a threat to win the championship. Can they be the number two seed in the West? Uh, I would think Houston and San Antonio will finish ahead of Minnesota. So I think they could finish fourth. If, if they finish fifth, I don't think it's a terrible underachievement because they, even though they have great talent, it's young talent, it's talent that's learning how to win and learning how to play NBA-type defense on a high level. Hey, how come? Let me go back to We talked about the Celtics earlier, and they're working in all these new guys. Timberwolves working in all these new guys. They're both doing well. Yeah. OKC's working in some new guys. How are they doing? Well, OKC's guys are uh, more set in their ways. Oh. You know, I mean, that's true. Carmelo Anthony's in his 15th year of Hall, always Hall, I, I get a Hall of Famer who's set in his ways he and I is. can't figure it out. I mean, LeBron James but is set in his the, ways. The like, like Aaron Baines players are set in their ways. Aaron Baines don't have ways. Yeah. He's just going to do whatever he's told to do. <laughs> they're awesome. Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are so young, they're just going to do what they're told to do. Coach. They haven't been playing for 15 years yeah. one yeah. way. All Same right. with Paul George we and Russell Westbrook. On. We got to move on. Final I'm topic. I'm teaching you. I hope you're listening. Yeah. And well, I no, hope wait you a got, You just agreed you with me. I got your little cousin somewhere yeah. taking notes <laughs> because this is school for you. <laughs> and next time you're in the zone, take look, some heat. Listen, listen, listen. Look, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up with, with one that I think we're going to agree on. Houston Rockets, as you say, you're gassing up Harden. They look MVP good. right now. Is this team better without Chris Paul? That, that's, uh, my theory is they don't need Chris Paul. They can go to the West, make a run, maybe get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't believe Chris Paul helps this team at all. Yeah, I don't hate that take. Um, better without him. I would say, like you said, they don't really need him. Okay. Give me P.J. Tucker. Well, Give me Bob, Mabo Mute. In, in Mike D'Antoni's offense with James Harden, you just need shooters and floor spacers and length. and length and defense around him. You know what showed me? Let me interrupt. 
that Warriors game early in the season where Chris Paul went out injured, yeah, they yeah, made yeah. that huge rally. Trevor Ariza, P.J. Yeah. Tucker, length on the wings, no Chris Paul. Yep. Won at Golden State. I just watched it's that. It's one game. Now, I'm, I'm with you game. because here's the thing. Chris Paul, he's going to play off the ball some. He's not a spot-up shooter. If you look at the Rockets, their pace doesn't match his pace. They play fast, mm-hmm. and they make fast decisions. Harden's quick decisions. You know, I'm penetrating. I'm shooting. I'm kicking. I'm taking the three. If guys that catch it on the th- line, three-point line, they either shoot it, pass it, or dribble quick. Chris Paul likes to survey. He gets it, and he's going to survey. If Harden wasn't there and the ball was in Paul's hands, I would like him in that system. Okay. But, but as Harden it is off there, the ball, yeah. He's ridiculous. Now, here, I will say this. Chris Paul, where he could help them is the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, you saw it last year with San Antonio. Uh, San Anto- they, Houston becomes predictable because they don't like to shoot mid-range shots. So you know they're either shooting a three-pointer or they're going into the paint. So what the Spurs did was force them off the three-point line to penetrate, and you know they're not going to stop and pop from 15, so they got to go into the paint, and then you contest. Now with Chris Paul, he is a mid-range shooter. And so having his mid-range game in the playoffs could help them. Could. Could very much help. That's where Chris – has to earn his next contract. How old is he, by if the way, he, He's 30. He's up there, 33-ish. It's a like lot that. of knee injuries. No, I, I, I think Chris Paul made a mistake. By, I know that it was bad with the Clippers. Layer. It was bad with the Clippers, and I don't blame him for getting out of there. But he may very well average 12 to 13 oh, points and six geez. to seven assists this year. I'm serious. Wow. So and, what and does so that mean who's for next giving year? him the max? That's, that's my point. My, okay, that's I don't know question. who's giving him the max. However, I got to take. Like I said, if he makes his money in the playoffs, if he's a difference between them going out in the second round and getting to the conference finals, then you begin to see his value and maybe somebody picks him up. But he's risking a lot. Oh, it's already risked. With the injuries he's had. Let me just slide this take in. It's late. Maybe they won't kill me in the YouTube comments for this. Knicks overpay for Chris Paul in the offseason? They need a star. Porzingis cannot can keep this up with, with the supporting cast they got there. I know they just drafted a point guard, but he ain't ready. Not offensively. He's, he's ready defensively. But they're not ready, the so Knicks they may grow with him. They may want to grow with him. desperately needed Miller a star. Kingdom. Do they make a play for Chris Paul and say, hey, we'll give you more money? Because you know he likes to chase that paper, Chris Paul. No, I, I don't know that you can say that about him. He you just he left he a four-year max deal the on the way table, he was though. talking about money with Jay-Z. But why did he leave all that money on the table? Because I think he thought he could have got the big money I think he definitely thought deal. it, but that's a big risk. But uh, where else maybe, is he gonna go? possibly. He ain't going to no I small I think New city. York is definitely a possibility for him. Um, however, if you're the Knicks, again, he's an older point. I don't think it'd be worth it to open I pay. agree. Because you're not winning yeah. a championship with Chris Paul there. No. He's never gotten to a Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals. And knowing career. the way he butted heads with Blake. Now, I know Chris Stops is a different personality than Blake. I'm not saying it was all Chris's fault. But that would be a cost, something to worry yeah. about, too. Like, do you want it, it, the possibility that he clashes with Chris Stops, yeah. too? So. You know, but hey, I think uh, that's a that's possible. All right, Certainly so possible. three out of five, uh, I'll take that as a victory in round one. Round one to McIntyre. No, yeah, I, I, no, I, I just yeah. agreed with you on a couple. Actually, I, I didn't really agree. Minnesota maybe agreed with you. Kyrie, I, I, I put you in your place on that. One. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, obviously, the LeBron to the Lakers. Lakers in the playoffs. 
You're, you're out on those, those two. You're no, definitely totally out. out on Lakers. No, I'm not. I'm not def. Yeah, on playoffs, I'm not definitely Playoff. out on LeBron getting Playoff. going there. But I, 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 I think there people are way ahead of themselves with okay. LeBron. So there. round not, one to not a bad. Not, not, I'll let you. Whatever helps you sleep at night, yeah. man. Whatever helps. You. Have <laughs> fun at your school pictures. All you right. look very I cute look and everything. Thank yes, you. yes. Thank you. I think the nuns will be very proud, <laughs> very happy. We're wrapping up in the zone here, our first episode of the season. I want to thank the logo again, Jerry West. Remember the top five handles of all time. That is the definitive list. Put all the other ones in the trash. And I want to thank my man, Jason McIntyre, man. Once again, you brought the heat, but I put it out uh, with the fire. But um, also, we want you to subscribe to the In The Zone podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Also, check us out on Facebook Live, Twitter, Periscope, and all the other social media outlets because we are in the zone and we want you in the zone with us. Peace. Never surrender, never storm in the weather, yeah. conquer the pressure. pressure, how do I measure, measure. legend forever, forever, I'm in my zone, no. yeah. I'm in my zone, breaking no. uh. yeah. the mess that come, come. who crowning that number one, yeah.